Quit jerking off and get in the pool. It's Drizzt Duerden this week on Why Do You Know That? Welcome to Why Do You Know That? The podcast that wants to know why you know so much about a very specific topic. I'm Nadia Osman. I'm Steve Slaga. Hi, Steve. Hi, Nadia. How you doing? Good. Press start on your... Oh, go. on the timer? Yeah. To make sure that I'm, like, keeping track. So I don't want to be midnight and we're still sitting here oh. wondering why we haven't recorded anything yet. <laughs> oh, we will be. We will it's be. It's still so zero. How have we not gotten anywhere? <laughs> what time is it? It's, uh, it's a construct. Good thing we, we covered that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on with you? Um, I have, a, I have an app that I'm really excited about. I'd love to tell you about this app. This that's is making... not, well, this is also not for money. No one's paying No, you. no, no. Nobody else will ever pay me for anything. <laughs> I, no. Yeah, okay. uh, But it's an app called Productive because I'm trying to have better habits because I don't have a normal nine to five job and my days are always different. So I find like, I put everything off and then it's 10 o'clock and it's like, well, all those things I was going to do today, too late. Mm-hmm. Guess I'll do them tomorrow. So the app is called Productive. Mm-hmm. And there's just something so satisfying about just swiping or checking that you've done a thing. But also it tells you how long you've been on a streak of these habits you're supposed to do. So I've got like, drink water, get seven hours of sleep, write for an hour. And so when I do those, I get to swipe them. But then what happens is like, I've, oh, I'm in reading. I don't like reading. Sorry. Um, but so I'm trying to make sure I read a little bit every day. And so I've read every day for the last 12 days because it also tells me how long my streak has been going. So I want to, I want to promote productive to anybody who just needs to trick themselves Ah! into fucking doing their stuff. I, there's a thing I downloaded but haven't started. And I think part of the reason I haven't started is because I simply don't like the name. The name is fabulous. That's the name of the app. And no. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, I can't. That's the one. I can't. Like, it's a thing that makes me, I look at it and I'm like, ah, I understand what you're trying to it's do. It's called Fabulous? Yeah, and it's like built by uh, PhD guys at various universities who like study sociological, uh, have done sociological studies about habit building. Mm-hmm. So like, it's supposed to have, you know. Great. Yeah. It, it name has, it something else. It has a pedigree behind it, but a terrible name. It's Can like I look at it just being like, no. Yeah. And so every time I tried to start using this thing last week, I just went, no, instead I'm going to watch The Dark Crystal on Netflix. <laughs> that has Which, a lot of puppets. It does. And here's the thing. I, you want to talk about endorsements. I <laughs> Did I? No. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna, uh, I am not a puppet person. Really. Mm-hmm. I think the Muppets are fine. Come for me. Come for okay. me. They're good, but I'm like, okay. Do you hear that, right. everybody? Nadia thinks that the Muppets are just good. <laughs> I'm not a fantasy person. Me neither. <laughs> I really... <laughs> We're going to come back to that. I really like the Dark Crystal. Good. It's a really fun. Yes, thank you. Thank you. It's... <laughs> It's a fun rock for 10 hours. I wasn't like attached to the movie as a kid. Watching it, I was like, oh, this is fun world building. I'm really into it. It's not, it's, it's kind of scary in parts, but without being crazy scary, which is how I imagine other fantasy things could be. Like, let's say 
Dungeons and Dragons characters. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, good seg. That's a seg. That's the seg alert. Yeah. <laughs> So today we're talking about Drist Doerden, who's got an apostrophe in his name. Uh, he's a character from the Forgotten Realms campaign, which is one of the many settings for the Dungeons and Fan- Dragons fantasy role-playing game. Let me introduce our guest. You know him from the podcast High and Mighty and Action Voice. Please welcome John Gabris. Thanks for having me, Nadia and Steve. Hi, John. All right. So real quick, in case like uh, somebody like me who just like doesn't know very much about Dungeons and Dragons, never really played, uh, like what's a dungeon campaign? What does a campaign even mean? What does that look like? Uh, just, you know, get into maybe a little bit of what this is for those of us who don't have a clue about it. So a campaign is like classic, like epic fantasy, like swords and sorcery, Dungeons, Dragons, Magic and might like warriors paladins clerics rangers thieves halflings dwarves elves it is all based on tolkien's fantasy if we if i could bring it back to books for you nadia um and it sort of all stemmed from that and it would it's a game that's played with pretty much in your mind like maybe there's a map or some small uh metal miniatures to represent your characters but mostly you're just making the choices conversationally and it's a probability game so it's there's dice involved so for example if you're like oh you're a thief you're gonna use your bow and arrow you are very good at it but the uh guy you're shooting at has pretty good armor you need to roll a 15 or better okay so before we get too deep into this whole the, the the names and everything that's involved in the fantasy world and where this all comes from why do you know that as someone who's now really into comedy and improv and shit like that it's like world building characters it's like follow the rules if this is true then what else is true yeah. it's like all the shit that Stephen Colbert has said that like he thinks he's good at improv because that's he played D and D like his whole life, um, and I I could see how those two are connected. And, like being an adult on stage pretending to be like a college kid in a fraternity is no different than being a kid at eleven pretending to be a barbarian. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, and it was just like I didn't realize that's the juice I was getting off improv either. I was like, holy shit, this is just like a performative D and D with right. making people laugh. The ultimate fun, you know. Right. It makes me go like, oh, as an adult now, I would like to play in a campaign of some kind, particularly with other funny friends. Yeah. I think for me, one of the things that held me back from ever really getting into this stuff was uh it was very male heavy oh and yeah I, and they seemed to take it very seriously in a way where i thought well this doesn't seem fun. no way you guys are joking about it. Men, <laughs> men men escalated their fandom to a level that was toxic yeah, you know <laughs> that's not tracking yeah. that's not There's, tracking i wish there was another example nerd culture <laughs> It is true, and we used to call it Dunkin' Donuts so that uh, for code in school, so no sure. girls would know what we were talking about. Because it is also, it's like classically dorky to be seen sitting around a table with your friends going, all right, fine, I try to cast Magic Missile on the kobolds. They're like, roll for hit. My wisdom is 15. It's like, well, use your plus one. you know. And like, if our friend's older brother's girlfriend was over, we'd be like, get out of here, Genevieve. Yeah. You can't look at us. It sounds to me, I'm wondering, you say that you were um, using that, you were using Dunkin' Donuts uh, to keep girls from knowing. I, f- I think you might have been using Dunkin' Donuts so nobody knew what you were talking about and thought you were nerds. <laughs> yeah, but, well, yeah, that, yeah. I don't think any girls were like, oh, no. they're talking about Dunkin' Donuts. Never mind. <laughs> no, we didn't want, we didn't even want girls to know we played D&D. Okay, got That's it. I thought it was, was like, to keep girls who like want, like to keep girls from joining oh, you. Oh, no, that was not an issue. We, <laughs> we had no issue with girls coming up to us wanting to hang out We've with We've got to have a code name so all the girls leave us alone. <laughs> it was more about so no one he- knows what we're talking about for yes. safety purposes. Instead, 
head you're just yeah. constantly going to Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> was it at least a Dunkin' Donuts Baskin Robbins? So there was. Oh no, I oh. fucking wish. Well. Yeah, I know. I got addicted to caffeine when I was 13 as a cover for. Mm. My- <laughs> need a culotta my mom's like you're too fat and wound up i need another culotta Culotta for the energy and then i'll go work it off by imagining imagination burns calories mom fucking culotta my friend who was our dungeon master growing up which is kind of like the guy who runs the person who runs the story and tells you what kind of comes up with the adventure the campaign that you you and your characters are going to go on he had a pool at his house and like his mom would be like can you guys just go in the pool for a little bit? Like, we'd be like sleeping over on a Friday night and it'd be like up until three in the morning playing uh, D&D and then we'd wake up the next morning at like 11 and be like, we gotta play D&D again. And we'd be like, and his mom would be like, go outside. Oh, I was I was that kid too. I was playing a Game Boy on the front porch because the doctor said I needed to play outside more. So I took my Game Boy outside. Oh, there you go. And your doctor was Dr. Mario, which is the weirdest part. That's lawyer shit. That's you finding a loophole. Oh, for sure. That was... That's the... That moment there is why you know Steve will not be fun to play it was with. it was the Down TV's the too heavy to move master. Yeah. Uh, never mind I don't even attack the cobalt no. then I walk away I'd for sure get <laughs> mad at the dungeon master <laughs> or be mad if I had to be the dungeon master yeah you'd be like, that's uh, the least fun I, I feel like you as a dungeon master is good. Uh, I don't know um go go to the tavern Hold on. Yeah. I need to smoke a little more. You go to the tavern. I'm going to go over here for a second. We'll just all reconvene 20. I like that the hypothetical me playing Dungeons and Dragons always has something else going on that they need to be doing and cannot be bothered with this Dungeons and Dragons. Guys, you want to come over? I'm hosting a Dungeons and Dragons campaign the whole time. Steve's like, why don't you guys? It's like, uh, can we play? Are you still here? <laughs> this was your idea. You're the DM. Um, Let's go in the pool. <laughs> so uh, so run us through. So Dritz did the Forgotten Realms campaign. Yeah. So, and then he ended up in all these books that are based on the Forgotten Realms campaign. Right. It's, the Forgotten Realms is sort of like a world and like uh, you get different campaigns that take place in that world but you hear the same cities over and over again like Waterdeep and Luskin and you learn like what those cities are like in this world. So then when you read the books and the first, uh, I'll go by the names of the trilogies because there's so many books but like the first trilogy I read was the Crystal Shard um, which, uh, the Icewind Dale trilogy. first and book. the one where Dritz is first introduced. Yes. It's his first book. Uh, and it's a trilogy, and you meet the heroes of the, the Dale, which are him, Wolfgar, the Barbarian, son of Bjornagar, mm-hmm. <laughs> Bruiner, Battlehammer, uh, head of the Mithril Hall clan, the Battlehammer yeah, clan, and then Regis, Rumblebelly, the halfling. Who? Uh, That's my favorite. Yeah, he's awesome. He's really fun. Regis Rumblebelly. Musical cats a lot of shit for its shit names. Oh, no. <laughs> wait, the names are insane. Like truly, it's brutal to even like say out loud. Like there's so many, and then the uh, Caddy Bree is uh, Bruner's adopted human daughter that Drizzt uh, currently in book twenty is married to. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, that's um. So the books are still going. Well, here this is the crazy thing. I read like twenty of the books when they came, as they were coming out. I about. A year and a half ago, got into uh, long distance running, but mm-hmm. I don't like to listen to music because I don't run fast. So I started to 
and I want to read more. Yeah. So I was like, oh, maybe I'll start listening to books. I'm like, but it's kind of hard to like focus. I'm like, oh, what if I listen to books I already read? So I started listening to all these old because I was I'm still an avid fantasy reader. It's the only kind of book that I can actually put myself into. Like I I you know I have like the hillbilly elegy next to like 25 Brandon Sanderson <laughs> fantasy novels, <laughs> and I just keep grabbing my next because uh, uh, that's the only thing that will get me to read. When I lived in New York, it was like I just read an hour on the train every single day. Sure. Like that was just a given. So I got through books and I could like pick up new books. Here I'm like it needs to be like something I really want to do. So it was. I was reading all this fantasy again, and I was like, oh, it's so good. Maybe I should listen to old fantasy that I've already read. And I'm like, oh, the Drizzt books would be really fun. The Drizzt books would be really fun. So I jumped back, downloaded that trilogy, listened to it, and I was like, that was kind of fun. The guy who reads them is good. Shout out to Victor Bavine. And then I was like, oh, there's 24 of these. I think I read 20 of them back in the day, and I'm like, I'm currently on the drive here listening to the last book I read, and there's still like five more to oh. come to listen to, which I'm very excited to catch up. That's to very exciting. Time. Yeah. Absolutely. So after this, it's all new. I even jumped off and I listened to the Clerics Quintet, which is a five part series starring Catterly Bonaduce. <laughs> Catterly. The head priest of Denier at Spirit Soaring. <laughs> As you know, who's married to Danica the monk, and they have oh, cute children. And then the two boulder shoulder dwarven brothers that live there, Ivan and Pykel. Pykel being a uh, dwarven druid. Not that common. <laughs> boulder shoulder? Yeah, it's great. Because that's, they set the lo- Boulder shoulder sounds like, like a rock climbing injury. Uh, I think it sounds like, what do they call bras? Boulder holders? Over the, shul- over <laughs> yeah, the shoulder the boulder. boulder holders. Yeah. That's what I was thinking of. What do they call bras? <laughs> And if for some reason, the giant 13-year-old boy sitting next to you knew the answer. What do they call bras? Mostly bras, hey, but... Nadia, as a woman, what do you call bras? Oh, that's right. Over-the-shoulder boulder hold. That's Has anyone seen... That's my wife constantly. I'm running late for work. Where's my over-the-shoulder boulder holder? Yeah, your OTC... That's really exciting, though. You're going to have to send us, when you're done, uh, record on your phone like an audio recording of your update of, of just finishing the, the Drizzt books. Of the, bu- yes. so of we the can, gun going off? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I finished the books. The next one's not supposed to come out for four years. Click. <laughs> and then I don't even I listen to the whole... Testament from, print it out from I just put it in. I don't even listen to it. <laughs> and we got a little shout out from one of our former guests, John Gabrus. <laughs> um, okay, so he's a dr- so Dritz is a draw ranger. Yeah. So um, th- they're uh, the Drow Elves or the Drow. I don't know. Uh, two different listen- uh, audiobook guys pronounce it differently. I say. I guess we'll say Drow. They live in Menzo Berenzin, which is in the Underdark, which is underground. They live right. in total darkness. And yeah. that place is known for, like, bad guy stuff. Bad gal stuff. It's Ooh. a matriarchy, which is actually very cool for, like, a 14-year-old to be reading. And it's, like, all the women are in charge, and they, like, beat the men, and the men are all, like, they're traded amongst the family. Like, uh, Yeah, it's it's... It's really fun when you're a kid. Like it's the most simple mapping game of just like the women act like men and the the women act like traditionally men act and the men act traditionally like and it's like when you're 15 reading this you're like that's act and in the first trilogy Drizzt Driz on the surface world and he's black he's purple like mm-hmm. his skin is dark purple and 
uh, everyone hates the drow because they're traditionally evil. So it's like, like fantasy, like X Men. It's like all a huge allegory for yeah. racism and acceptance. Uh, so he's a he's a drow. Mm-hmm. Ra- Ranger is his. We call it in D D class, but in in the story world, it would be his job or his calling. And a ranger is someone who like protects the forest, and he worships Maaliki, who is a unicorn uh, or a Pegasus. I forget. I think it's unicorn, and. Uh, he worships like uh, keeping the plants and animals a lot. Like he has like an affinity towards the woods and animals, which is again, I mean, and then he has like magic weapons. Like he's everything you want when you're a kid. It's like, I, at the time I was worshiping like Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jean-Claude Van Damme. And then I find this like guy who's like, black and like has new like has an interesting belief system has like escaped an awful world and is like dealing with but he's also a hero like he's everything i wanted as a kid i was like yes (laughs) and then also his friends are all highly specific and very good at what they do so it's like a very fun i was always been a fan of like team stuff like from action movies of like he's the explosives guy she's the tech girl or whatever tech woman yeah, <laughs> Thank you. Amazing movie, but it's so much fun because it's like here's eleven people doing the thing they're really fucking good at. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a great movie. Ocean's Eleven and Ocean's Thirteen are both great movies. Ocean's Twelve, something happened. I just <laughs> learned. I liked it more than I think other people did. I feel bad saying how bad I thought Ocean's Eight. I did not like. <laughs> I did not like Ocean's Eight, but I'm happy to live in a world where there was an Ocean's Eight. I just wish it didn't feature Helen and Bonham Carter looking at a necklace through glasses that on the other side of the city was magically 3D printing that exact replica. Yeah, there's a lot of like, uh, what's in the news on that movie? Where it's like, ah, uh, let's, uh, let's Google some. Oh, yeah. 3D printing. Oh, yeah, sure. I'll put that in yeah. there. Like Just none of, I didn't buy any of that technology. Well, there's also... I, that's the thing in the Mission Impossible movies that I always bump, which are one of my favorite movie series, but I bump up against is like the deus ex machina of some tech. It's like, oh, we'll just print another person. And it's yeah. like, oh, okay. It's like, we're, like, we're safe. Sure. And I forget who pointed this out to me, but someone pointed out that one of the lame things about Ocean's 8 is in Ocean's 11, everyone has like highly specific tasks. In Ocean's 8, like four of the women infiltrate by getting jobs. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, yes. at that point, you don't need to steal. And just they work. N- <laughs> yeah. And they need to be glamorous at right. the end. Like it's it, it's a point that everybody's gets to wear their gown. I think right. what I liked that movie was simply like, oh, look at the ladies hanging yeah. out together. Oh, I for didn't sure. Like anything that they did. Right. I would just make the heist movie with all women. Like, Widows fucking ruled. Widows is great. Yeah. Yeah. Mission Impossible, that last Mission Impossible, also great. That's like the best movie of the year. And I kind of wish that, like, to a, I wish it was not, in, whoever they need to replace Tom Cruise with, I wish it would be a woman. <laughs> just to be like, why not? Why not? Let's see. Let's see. Did you see that uh, footage of, like, how they filmed him jumping out of the I've plane? seen so much behind the scenes footage on Fallout because I'm obsessed with it. To I've seen how they filmed all the motorcycle stunts, all the skydiving, the halo jumping, which uh, Tom Cruise doubled up his shifts to get certified in halo jumping in half the amount of time it takes traditionally to get certified in halo jumping. He worked with two different units in eight-hour shifts to get it done faster. That's wild. That's crazy. He's a freak. He's a true freak. And, like, he is the only positive thing Scientology has left. (laughs) And so they're going to fucking keep... Pump him full of stem cells and keep him alive forever, and he's gonna. I mean, it's working. Those stem cells are are working. He's like fifty six or mm-hmm. something like that. Brad Pitt's fifty fucking seven. Let me be clear what I'm like. 
like the next mission of Bosnia whenever they reboot it. That's not for another forty years. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have forty more years of Tom Cruise. But yeah. then Tom Cruise is gonna be like ninety five and he's gonna be shirtless and you're gonna be like, I can't believe he doesn't look bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It helps to be small. You're not like dealing with a lot of mass in the first place. Right. You know, he can't like it's droop just, too much. He's a tight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, nothing, well, yeah, nothing can really hang too loose. It's all <laughs> yeah. very small. He's a tight little unit. He's a tight, He's a tight, tight little, tight little man. <laughs> um, okay, so oh, he has these twin scimitars. Yes, that those are the. Has. Yeah, those are curved swords. Uh, okay. Drow, Drow traditionally train in double weapon because they're an insanely agile and warring part. So, uh, like when Drow, when Drow men are born, they're either killed or like put into learning wizardry, wizardry or um, weapons. Mm-hmm. And Drizzt had like shown an affinity to weapon. He showed that he was truly not neither a righty nor a lefty. Like he had like all this weird like. It's like the German public education system where it's like at age eight they're like, okay, we're gonna give you a test, and you're either going to be in the smart kids school, uh, the dumb kids school, or like the school for everybody. It's like, ah, oh, you're gonna become a mechanic. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's not an awful idea. So these scimitars, I noted, they're named Icing Death and Twinkle. Yes. No. Icing death? Icing yeah. death. It makes me think of cake, but I'm sure it's like icing, like uh, cold it's, water. Uh, it's a scimitar he found in the lair of an ice dragon that him and Wolfgar killed together. Okay. Oh. Okay. Wolf- so that, that has more resonance than cake icing, yeah. but I also was like, icing death? Aww. Yeah, and that, that sword carries the power of ice. Like, if you're cut by it, it hurts a little more because there's some frost damage in there. Oh, shit. And it works very well against planar uh, 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 fire elementals because the sword, or, you know, people from the. It defends against fire well. And then Twinkle, like, glows in the dark <laughs> or something. <laughs> but it's just really. Uh, and, like,. I've read both books where he found both scimitar. Like it's so, like it's so funny. Like I know all this. So you've got it. I'm one. humiliated because I'm like, oh right, because I also know how he got Twinkle. I'm like, why does this even matter? Why I don't have like any. I can't I stare at a blank final draft document for like three hours a day, and then I come here and I'm like, okay, so icing death. I'm just there's a disparity to me in two swords. One is ice and can put out fire. Right. And the other is Twinkle and glows in the but, dark. But Twinkle is still a magical blade, so it's sharper than other weapons. All right. And he acts, actually, in the book I'm reading, he almost just killed one of his friends because he went into a, a rage because he was accidentally seeing a different plane of existence and he swung Twinkle and cut Bruner Battlehammer's shoulder. Oh, Real no. bad, yeah. Twinkle. I can't get over a sword named Twinkle. <laughs> it's also my dancing name. <laughs> that makes sense. The You're- irony when uh, I have Twink that I have Twink in my name. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Twinkle does make sense for your dance name. You are very I light sparkle. on your feet. Yeah, you, <laughs> you sparkle. <laughs> Gilbert, you shimmer and you shine. Uh, so Dritz is like a force for good. He like he has like a very strong personal code of honor. That's and that's really fun because even like his allies have like hotheads or like uh you know uh age old like dwarves hate orcs barbarians hate blah you know like but driss like rejected everything that he learned from he like literally the next trilogy is all it's called the legacy of driss or the origins and it's all him in menzo brands and him being like a teen in uh the school where he learned uh how to fight uh him dealing with this him uh fighting his uh undead father <laughs> you know you know classic and it's a prequel yeah it's a prequel and so 
So in Tokyo that, Drift. Um, yes. <laughs> I wish it was called Drizdoording colon Tokyo Drift. Be like, people be like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> the author's like, I'm making so much money off this shit. <laughs> um, and so in those, like, he completely rejects where he's from because, like, they say, like, oh, we hate these elves. We hate the surface elves. And he's like, but why? And, like, he challenges that. And then when he goes onto the surface and starts living there, he realizes it's no different than where he is. And it's like reading those first six books, you're just kind of like he is a force for good and he always makes the right choice and he wants to sacrifice himself for his friends all the time. He is like textbook cartoon hero. Yeah, you know? he's yeah. supposedly he's very loyal. He's very loyal. He's his ultimate good guy sheriff in town. Yeah, and he tru- he trusts in people and trusts that people are good. And like, I bet that doesn't always work out for him. No, but I'll tell you what, by book 20, there's at least three characters that have been absolute bad guys at some point. But uh, because of the how interesting of characters they are and how you like to keep writing. It's like, we can't have Driz face off against Jarlaxle four times. So it's like by the fourth time he runs into Jarlaxle, Jarlaxle's like, I need your help. Driz. And it's like, <laughs> we're going to work together now. And you're like, yes, two of my favorite characters finding a third new character. I read that the author of these books, R.A. Salvatore, mm-hmm. uh, he uh, basically, he made Driz while on a phone call and he didn't even like know how to spell the name yet. He was just like, <laughs> It doesn't look like he ever really. Yeah, he's like, and uh, there's a guy. He's Well, a name like R.A. Salvatore makes you really sound like he's like, sounds like me on the phone. He's like, all right, yeah, so he's a drow elf and he's got a couple of fucking scimitars. He's dicing people up. You know how it is. It's just like, well, like with Frank Baum, it's like the the world of Oz. He just looked at a filing cabinet. So the legend goes when he's telling the story to his kids because he's like, oh, yeah, so there's a girl and she lands in, um... Oh shit! Um, Oz, yeah, there we go. Like that supposedly. Or it, Mrs. So Doubtfire, o, yeah. O to Z. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. O to Z. Yeah. And yeah. The, yeah. Um, in Mrs. Doubtfire, the uh, he looks at the the headline: "Police Doubtfire was caused by whatever." Oh, I yeah. imagine that Salvatore was just like, "Oh yeah," and he's uh, and just looks at like a pile of Scrabble pieces. <laughs> yeah. And it's got three Z's yeah. and like two apostrophes, and you're like, "Oh, perfect." <laughs> Um, he Kaiser Soze'd the name. <laughs> I just wanted, I, I don't know if you know this, but like how much of, like obviously they're pulling from the Realms campaign for these books, but how much are is the author just like throwing in their own stuff? See, that I don't really know because uh, he, the other Forgotten Realms books I read, I don't know how their continuity works in their world. So I haven't read many other Forgotten Realms books that aren't by R.A. Salvatore. But I'm curious if, like, I I have read some other books, like The Cleric's Quintet, which follows other characters. But right now in the book I'm listening to, Drizzt and some companions are headed to where The Cleric's Quintet takes place to, like, team up because things have hit – shit has hit the fan. Okay. Um, but, um, but it is, like, you hear, like, lightly, like, you'll hear, like, a repeat story or, like, a repeat legend or an anecdote of, like – or someone's, like uh, – like, you'll be reading the book and it'll be, like – Drizzt, uh, you unsheathes icing death. The sword he w- won in the fight again, and you're like, oh yeah, I read that. That's kind of cool. Okay, so they're, so they're it, weaving it in and out, but they're maybe not as like hardcore as a uh, like a as like the Marvel yeah, universe like, or like something. Fight you or whatever. 
whatever. Yeah. It's just like, but this thing was said six movies ago and we planted it there for a reason. Right. I don't fully, I don't fully know. Um, it is kind of easy with fantasy because it's just like, you know, dwarves and elves live for hundreds of years. So sure. it's like, just like jump ahead eight years and like the yeah. human is like getting a little more feeble, but everyone else is fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Magic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um. Uh. An enchantress changed that. So that's, <laughs> it's different now because of yeah. Magic. That's like my. <laughs> that's like my least favorite shit in fantasy and in uh, sci-fi and in Marvel speci- in comic books specifically. Wow. The power of Marvel as a brand made me say Marvel instead of comic books. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, um. But I like alternate timelines and like time travel where it's just like slate wipers yeah <laughs> it's like so nothing it, fucking matters removes we all, all stakes yeah Right, we don't have to get to a point where we have to wipe the slate. Let's just like keep coming up with smaller stories. Yeah, that, like not everything needs to be huge. I would love to see comic books that deal with like these small everyday consequences. Yeah, or even a death. Like just let a yeah. character die. I thought Black Panther was a lot smaller. I yes. mean, it was still a big movie. But I thought it was a lot smaller of a story, and I think that's why it was so much yeah. more engaging than so many superhero movies before. And Thor Ragnarok kind of felt like that. Too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Whereas like. You go see X-Men Apocalypse and it's like, oh, cool. So we're destroying everything all over the planet yeah, at the same the time again. Yeah, the whole world dies yes. or everyone, like, and none of the X-Men die. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's like, people need to die. It, and, or if, they don't have to, but if they do, it shouldn't be like, well, we got to get them to come back to life somehow. Yeah. Uh, the only, my only concern about Black Panther versus, uh, in relation to the Marvel Universe, I love the movie. Um but I think that Wakanda technology sort of breaks the Marvel universe in that it's like now if now that that exists in all the other movies, it's like who even needs superpowers? Yeah, like no one's special. We just have technology to do whatever we want. Every Marvel movie from here on out should be five minutes, and it's just well, let's go to Wakanda. <laughs> yeah, let's go to Wakanda. They'll just bring them back to life, yeah. or thousands of them will show up with spears and whoop ass. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. true. It's fun, but it does beg the question. It all, it yeah, it's fun in it because it's closed off. But then when it is entered into the rest of the universe, you're like, that's actually kind of going to be difficult to yeah. manage. It's yeah. just like it's just like magic and stuff like that. And right. other fantasy stuff. It's like, um, how did that happen? I don't know. Wakanda stuff. Yeah. Wakanda technology. <laughs> some of the newer, yeah, some of the newer fantasy I read, like they play, they use magic more like it's aliens or religion, where it's like. They don't believe it exists, and the people who use it like it's hard to tell if they're just very skilled in something else, or if they're. And I kind of dig that angle of just like playing it a little more grounded. But like Forgotten yeah. Realms is like, I'm the greatest wizard in the world. It's like, well, close your eyes and help us teleport this ship to exactly where it needs to be for the third act of this novel. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And we're here. Yeah. Anyway, what were we saying? So. So wait, why were we stressed about the journey here the whole time when we could have just done the uh, fog of fate? Lots and lots and lots of different adventures. Do you have like a couple of favorites, or is there like a favorite of the types of uh, adventures that he goes on? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, there's one where he goes back to Menzo Berenzin because uh, a drow kidnaps Caddy Bray, his so he has to go back and fight. Uh, in his own home, like in his own oh, home. Oh, that's some Bruce Springsteen shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is like, it's like a Western, right? You like show up at the old town. It's like, ah, Drizzador, and you left decades ago. And he's like, I'm here to kick ass and get my girlfriend back. And it's kind of fun. And there's, and because 
when they lay all the groundwork, when you've read three books that take place in Menzo Berenzin, and then you read six more books, and then Drist goes back to Menzo Berenzin, you're like, oh, right, the big clock that is uh, the way they keep track of time in Menzo Berenzin is because the drow can see in infrared. They see heat, not uh, not light. Mm-hmm. So uh, a giant, a huge stone pillar in the middle of the city slowly uh, gets hot across the day. It's imbued with magic. And then when it reaches the top, you know, it's been one full day. Uh, and it's just because there's no, like the book is called, the first book is called like Starless Night or something. Because it's that like, shit is just clever. I don't know. Are there numbers on the rock? How do you know like what time it is? You just know when it's like close. Because like, cool. <laughs> Well, I mean, like, I know it, a, a day is over because the sun went down and we're tired. Like, I need to know what, when's it? Three o'clock. When am I going to get to see Nadia's show on Quib- Quibi? When am, I allowed to have, when am I allowed to have my second coffee? Yeah, when's my second coffee? <laughs> you, I'm just saying, put some numbers on the stone so you can still get all the benefits of a clock. <laughs> That's it. You don't even have, like, a watchmaker or anything. So it goes back to his hometown, and then I uh, uh, saves the girl, wins the day. Right, yes. and But, like, the guy who kidnapped her had, like, not-so-nefarious reasons, like, was kind of forced into it. And then that's the guy, Jarl Axel, who I've previously mentioned. And he's a really f- – but I think my favorite <laughs> – I'm just jumping all over the place. My favorite most recent one I believe is called The Orc King. It's, like, the first – book of the Transitions trilogy and I'm in book three of the Transitions trilogy currently but it is like Mithril Hall which is Bruner's ancestral home they've gotten it back and now it's under attack by like the most amount of orcs that's ever been it's sort of like a book long siege and it's really fun for that reason because it's like very action packed and um, these fantasy novels R.A. Salvatore and a lot of other ones he does a good job of like you're following the Boulder Shoulder Brothers on their little mini mission Drist is over here fighting the Frost Giants Regis is riding a warg to try to do blank you know like everyone's doing something different so you'd like jump from chapter to chapter and it all culminates yeah, in the ABCD end ABCD stories that everybody yeah. gets together at the end big giant battle yeah. right you guys win the day. yeah like oh where have you Regis we thought you were dead just the opposite I actually recruited 200 more dwarves <laughs> to help us and, and now it's like, all here yeah. Ah, yeah. Okay. Oh, there they are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> guys, guys. Okay, remember, if we get lost, oh, and bef- <laughs> meet, meet, meet up at that large magic tree. There's going to be a huge fight at the end of the book. I mean, uh, in, uh, sometime, <laughs> just be there, guys. <laughs> um, uh, Salvatore, is it Salvatore or Salvatore? I don't know, to be honest. Okay. You know, like. I'm going to say Salvatore because it's more fun. Alternate, and then yeah. you're right. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. He said his main influences were classic lit and and Tolkien, obviously. And then he said, "I quote: I like to think of Dritz as a cross between Darth from Darkwalker on Moonshay and Aragorn from Lord of the Rings." Oh, I see the Aragorn part. I don't know anything about the other book that he mentioned. I was gonna say, like, how does that does that sound correct to you? <laughs> yeah. And it's, but it's a little because so Aragorn there. is also a ranger. Right. Yeah. So that is sort of like his ranger name is Strider, as we know. Uh, but like, uh, so they are similar in that way, and sort of like blindly, you know, as we would say in D and D terms, lawful good. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's sort of uh, blindly lawful good, like Aragorn is. But I don't know what that other series is. But I will definitely add it to my audible queue now that I've heard of it. Uh, he also called Dritz the classic romantic hero, misunderstood. Holding to a code of ideals, even when the going gets tough and getting no appreciation for him. Yeah, and he's also dark and mysterious. You know what I mean? Like he's literally kind of like a like a romance novel star. <laughs> Do you feel like you identify with that 
that stuff now? Because you were saying as a kid that when you were younger, you were like, yes, I want to consume these worlds. I want to be living in these worlds. I want to be a part of this adventure. Do you feel like as a character, he's still somebody where you're like, that's the guy I want to be when I grow up? Or I I, I took some of these ideals and applied them to yeah. my own life? Interesting. I think I'm more of a, a realist to the point where I'm like, reading the book and like some dumb character comes across I'm like this would be who I was like and this is like yeah it's like oh this dude who just rolls up and is like he's like oh Idris you're never gonna get on the ship and like he just gets like immediately pantsed or something it's like that's who I am I know who I am now (laughs) but I do like but the reality is yes I, yes yeah. but there is like a part of me that I just like love the idea of battle and like everyone is I just love to be honest one of my favorite things is like people who are really good at stuff mm-hmm. and so it's like just watching someone be like highly capable like or Tom like Tom Cruise is a great example or like you know just watching like a fucking eight-year-old stack and unstack cups or something, and they're really yes. good at it. You're like, that just feels good to see someone be good at something. Anna Kendrick can do that, too. Oh, I know. Yeah. While singing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you love that, because she's good at it. <laughs> yeah. uh, I feel that way about watching certain beauty videos, where I'm just like, damn, you're just really good at this thing. I know. It's hard. It's hard. It's nice. It's nice when people are good at shit. Yeah. It's yeah, it's yeah, awesome to watch Michael Phelps take a flip turn. Yeah. I was about to say, I bet you love the Olympics. I There's a lot of good people in the Olympics. <laughs> Thanks for joining the conversation. I got something. Do you know there's a lot of good people at you, the Olympics? Oh, so you're saying you like people who practice and are skilled. They're every couple of years. <laughs> I think it's random. There's no there's no logic to it. But, it's either um, always in Greece or started yeah. in Greece. I forget. And it's always the summer or winter. Yeah. I know that. Um, I love. I think you'd really like them then. I love the Summer Olympics. And I enjoy the Winter Olympics, but I love the Summer Olympics. It has all my favorite events. Track and field, swimming, rugby, soccer, you know, all the bikes. I swam, like, Michael Phelps style swimming, like competitive swimming. Michael Phelps style swimming? Wow. Sub 50, 100 free? (laughs) I I didn't go sub minute. I I also was captain of my high school swim team. Oh, my God. So, competitive swimmer. I wouldn't call myself Michael Phelps style swimmer. I said that before because swimming and people mean like do you mean like the dancing yeah. and I'm like no I that's mis- swimming that's because- misogyny yeah because <laughs> no one's ever said that to me when Thank I say you. yeah yeah and, and- like the a lot of the other females, I said like Dana Torres, like that's oh, what yeah. I was trying to be when I was in high school. Nobody knows the fuck that. Wasn't is. she the woman who was like forty and made yes. the hundred free yes. team? One yeah. of the, I, I just I'm, I'm waiting I'm waiting for uh well I've got Retinol fighting the wrinkles, but I'm like you know what in ten years I can play her. Like I'm just gonna write the movie for myself, the Dana Torres story, and I'll be like I'm your girl to be. She's awesome. Uh, her fitness was insane. Like it's she was crazy. like into weights and shit. She's yeah. got fucking. Je- I was a huge. I'm a huge fan of watching competitive swimming because yeah. yeah. And it's the only time. It's the only time for us swimmers. Like it's only the Olympics that people care about. And like I will occasionally like uh, I'll keep up ish with like world championships or like see what's happening uh, with like U.S. championship stuff to be like well, who's gonna go to the Olympics. But like the Olympics are like the only time. Swimming gets treated like the Super Bowl. Oh, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. Great. I love great. watching a fucking uh, a 400 relay just go oh. off. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Although I liked in my in my high school, we had 200-yard uh, relays, mm-hmm. and those were the best because that was 50 each, and that was just a fucking dream because I was more of a sprinter than a uh. long-distance swimmer. So 
we also had the 200 meter uh, 200 yard medley yes. so i could do 50 yards of breaststroke and, and i just dom and just dominate because it's so easy for me to do 50 yards before i'm absolutely toast i can do two more so i the- went long distance so i did 800 yards free, uh and that was always like by the halfway through i'd be like i'm all right I'm alright, and then like that next flip turn back, fuck, I'm losing speed. Did you have like the kid counting mm-hmm. laps for you? Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then every time I would just see it and I was just like, what? Six? No! <laughs> I'm supposed to be done! It can't fucking be six. Yeah. Like, this. I'm fucking, <laughs> hey, what, this is me. I mean breathing. This is an audio format and I'm doing visual work. And part of the breathing is to looking away from the microphone to say, yeah. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> and then in your mind, it's just like, all right, okay, so I've only got seven more to do. So that means after this one, there's only six left. Okay, so I'm so close because that means there's only five left. And just all, in my mind, like the math. And then I've thought about numbers underwater for so long that when I finally get to the end, it's like, well, fuck, how many have I done? Because I'm so busy thinking about how many are left. I don't know how many I've done. After do- getting into, I know you're a long distance runner, after getting into running and using the map, my run app, and she's like, mile four. And I'll be like, oh, four miles. I have to do seven today. I'm just three miles away. And then I'll be like running for a little while longer. And I'm like, and they'll be like, oh, next up is mile six. I'm so close to done. She's like, mile five. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no. Yeah. Because you're in your head. You're already racing ahead. Oh, yeah. Like, or like the first half, like it's a seven mile run. And so like you get to three and it's like, I'm almost halfway yeah. and I'm feeling good. There's no way the back half of this exactly. is any harder. This, yeah. <laughs> It'll be just as easy, possibly easier because it's winding down. Yeah. Because I know the end is coming, and then yeah. the last mile is exactly. me, like, fucking, yep. like, uh, the bad guy from Vincent D'Onofrio, Men in Black, <laughs> shuffling down my street. Yeah. I played water polo, too, and that was, like, even more intense, but if you were on, like, it's seven-minute quarters, and you look over, and you're like, I still have to try water for two fucking minutes? <laughs> I hate this. Why am I doing Not this? Not to mention... Oh, fuck the ball, the ball, the ball. <laughs> Not to mention getting your skin uh, shins cut up by toenails and I like I got bit um, in oh. gym class. I got my senior year of high school. I got put in the wrong gym class because there was weight training and personal fitness, and weight training was just what they called boys' gym, and personal <laughs> fitness is what they called girls' gym. So four boys. Yes. Yes. So four boys accidentally got put into personal fitness and misogyny, patriarchy. We were just the captain of everything. It didn't matter that I couldn't catch a football. I was made the captain of one of the teams when it was the football unit. So every Friday was swimming and sometimes we would do water polo. And one time the teacher for fun was like, let's do boys against girls. So I was basically being drowned, but wouldn't let go of the ball. So I I bit this girl Megan's arm so that she'd let go. Okay. You, oh, that's fucked up, man. I don't, I don't think so, but I understand that it is. To be fair, one time a girl was pissing me off. It wasn't even like an important game. It was like an early season scrimmage, and she was just like yanking on the back of my suit and stuff, and just like being a, being a bitch about it, and like in a way where she didn't need to be that aggressive in the water, especially that early on in the game. She was just like on me the whole game, and then when the ref called the final whistle, I just kicked her stomach into center fly and then my coaches saw it and they were like give him the fucking end you're gonna yeah. 50 laps fly oh. and I was just in there for like an hour and it felt Brutal. terrible we, we used to play water polo but only on the day after a meet or if uh, the second part, if we had a two a day, if we did a before and after school, mm-hmm. one of them was allowed to be water polo. Yeah. <laughs> allowed. Yeah. 
Well, it's just like these kids don't. We barely want to be on the swim team. You can't make us do twenty five hundred yards twice in one day. Yeah. Drizzt also a great swimmer. I believe that. Beep 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 beep. It's bee doo bee doo, like the minions. Oh bee doo bee. Oh, it's like a it's like a London ambulance. It's like a Jason Bourne. I know. I remember when I went to Paris with my wife, and a car, a cop car went by, and it had like the bee bee instead of like the woo woo over here. And I was like, "Oh, it's like a Jason Bourne uh, cop car." Yeah. <laughs> Tiffany was like, "My wife was like, no, it's like a French cop car." Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, right, 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 right." <laughs> Everything I know about Europe, I learned from Jason Bourne. <laughs> so Drit's story begins in Homeland, which is at the start of the Dark Elf trilogy. Yes. And that was a prequel to the Ice Windale trilogy. Yes. Um, Wait, what? So it his main place is called Homeland. No, that's, no the, that's the name of the book. The oh, okay. Because Men- I was going to say, these are all such incredibly specific <laughs> in, 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 or inventive names. So then to just call home Homeland <laughs> seemed lazy. In, in uh, the second Hobbit movie, they end up in a place called Lake Town, I believe. <laughs> and it pissed me off so much. That sounds like a real estate development. <laughs> that's that's uh, a subdivision. I bought a unit in Lake yeah. Town. Yeah. They have, they, have tw- they have 12 different floor plans. <laughs> Three won't be ready until 2021, but by then we'll be settled in and thinking about having a kid. Yeah, a prorated mortgage because the gym doesn't count. The gym isn't built until a four-year fun. Right but don't swim in the lake. It's man-made and there's a lot of chemicals in it. <laughs> but welcome to Lake Town. Don't tell anyone. The factory down the road, that's where we've been dumping the lake. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it, it pissed me off. So I'm pretty sure it was called Lake Town. Maybe I'm wrong. But it was something where I went... No, like out loud in the theater. I was, no, get out of here. Well, the hobbits are from Hobbiton. Yeah, not much better, but at least you like, can say cart before the horse. They're called hobbits because they're from Hobbiton, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, and also like the word hobbit is not like the hobbits are a specific thing. Right, specific right, right, right. For it, yeah, Hobbiton is better than like Treaton. It just feels <laughs> like if Harry Potter showed up to some place and it was like, oh, it's uh. It's Hogwarts. Hogwarts. No, <laughs> <laughs> it's just the most normal, like a name we all know. Oh, well, it's like it's Field City. Like, yeah. right? it's like a cyberpunk novel. It's like <laughs> we must go to London too. What happened to London One? Don't ask. <laughs> Blade Runner twenty ninety nine. Um, and then the book. So Dritz is born in the. Uh, Men, like Menzo yeah. God, I, that always makes me think of Pepto Bismol. Yes. It sounds like a. It sounds like an antacid. Yeah. Oof! I need to take another hit of Menzo <laughs> And then during a raid against a group of surface elves, he uh, can't kill them. Yes, they're, they're supposed to blood their swords to prove that they're drow and capable of killing. Ooh. And Driz hides a young elven girl underneath her dying mother so that she will survive. And they kill like 20 or 30 surface elves and moon elves and then disappear. But Driz, they're all like saying like he did it because he, he's so good. He like pretended like he slashed her up and then shoved her under her dying mother. And uh, would you know that eventually Driz is hunted by a male uh, assassin who wants to kill Driz who's been training their whole life. When Driz finally kills her, kills him in the fight – the mask falls off, and it's that girl grown up. Oh, like, she, Whoa! yeah, like t- 
11, 12 books later. Wow, that's he runs, good. He runs into her once in like five books later. Like some other elves let him pass through and like a woman comes up to him, hugs him and then starts crying and then starts hitting him and then two two elves take her, take her away and he doesn't know what that is and then he puts it all together later on. That is that's good. good. That's the first time I've ever been like, maybe I like fantasy. <laughs> first time. Well, there... That- <laughs> It is, it is one of those difficult things, too, where it's like, yeah, I'm talking about books uh, 1, 6, and 14. It's like, it's like oh, you got to watch this show. I didn't like it. It's like, it's really good at episode 40. Yeah. You know, like, all right. That's why I haven't watched The Americans yet is because everyone's like, you've got to work oh, through the first two seasons. And it's like, well, then no. You don't even have to tell me about working through the first two seasons. Yeah. I'm just daunted by six seasons. Yeah. If anything. And... I eventually get around to it and I eventually realize it's no big deal. Like I, I was like, oh, Deadwood's three seasons? Fine. I'll just get into it. And then I watch it and I was like, fuck, man. I wish there was more Deadwood. But I f- put off watching it. And yeah. the Americans are the same for me. Right? Yeah. And rewatching The Sopranos is the other thing I really wanted oh, to. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I've done that a couple of times. And then every time I'm just like, fuck, how many episodes are there? How many more times is Carmel going to be like, I made ZD. And then I'm like, <laughs> if I had the time at the end, I'm like, oh, I want Carmel to make more ZD. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so explain this whole. Uh, so Driss has to fight off the his. Explain the undead dad thing. Okay, so Zachnifine, his father, a, who is his, uh, he doesn't know it's his father at first. It's just the weapons master, which is like the person who trains you, and he's formerly one of the best fighters in uh, Menzo Brenzen. He's training Drizzt. Drizzt is working every day with him, and the thing that Drizzt. In training with him, that Driz learns that makes him better than Zachnafine and everyone else is like improvisation. It's like no, the proper defense is this, and Driz is like yeah. Yeah, but like thinking outside the box saved his ass more or less. We can call it that, so I don't have to. How were his second beats? (laughs) (laughs) So I have to send a check for a hundred dollars to Matt (laughs) Besser. But uh, so, and then. the father dies because he refuses to hunt and kill Drizzt. And uh, the mother, uh, Matron Benry, uh, reanimates Zachnafine with like uh, all new like extra powers and stuff and, and sends him to hunt down Drizzt. And Drizzt has to square off against like a zombie version of his dad. But his he, his dad fights his way through like – gets his personality to the forefront of this zombie creature and then jumps into like acid and kills himself. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Because he realizes, like, he's hunting Drizzt. And Drizzt can't bring himself to kill Zachnafine. Okay. Though. Okay. So, yeah. so he sacrifices himself for the sake of, like, I can't have my son. I can't kill my son. I can't kill. I sh- Like, he's inside the body and he's able to, because Zachnafine, like Drizzt, as we, because we learn that they're father-son in this book, too. Uh, like Driz, they're they're bigger dreamers. He just happened to get pigeonholed into Menzo Berenzen more, and he, and Zachnafine doesn't want that to happen for Driz. So he like it's it's all it's all grass. <laughs> so that means that Driz can never watch your show on Quibi. <laughs> oh yeah, he's gonna have to get like an adopted. Yeah, how is he gonna ever watch while his dad poops? <laughs> be so patriarchal about it. It could also be if your mom is strict. So uh, okay. Cool. I don't cool. want this to be for yeah. That would just be an inclusive yeah. show for yeah. Yeah. I didn't know. Although my mom is dead. It's Me too. Dead, so. Well, yeah. Well, my dad's dead, so I'm not watching your show either. <laughs> None of us are watching the thing I made. That's fine. You know what? That's fine. You know what? No, no one, period. <laughs> <laughs> Who's watching anything? <laughs> 
Honestly. <laughs> like all the shows that every one of our friends talk about have like 100,000 views. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing is every time they're like 10, 10 shows you need to watch this fall, I go, okay. And then I'm like, what? Oh, yeah. How? No. This is, this, what mm-hmm. is this? And There's so much. And names that I've never heard of. Yeah. And I say this to somebody trying to do this thing. And I'm like. Ah, fuck, we might have too much. And then it's like, well, no, I need to rewatch something I've seen a bunch so that I can be on my phone while I'm watching TV. (laughs) I want to watch something dumber so I don't have to watch it. Yeah. (laughs) It's like such a thing you find yourself saying. Oh, yeah. No, all the time. It's like, oh, is there a new Teen Mom 2? Because then I don't have to, like, think. Well, the challenge is back on, so God, now I'm I'm sorry, yeah. Do you, do you watch the challenge? No, I do not. Oh God, nobody <laughs> does but me. Sean Clements is the only other person I know. That really? Every episode of, he's watched, yeah, he's seen, seen every episode of the challenge. I don't know him well. And I'm going to message him because <laughs> nobody else watches it. CT's still on. I know. I know. Uh, actually, this current season, it's two teams. It's Team US versus Team UK, and there are four. Um, people that were not assigned to a team so after the first competition uh the teams decided which male and female of like the un uh, accounted for people like they got to choose who they wanted so they got to, so team basically team us had to choose after winning the first competition if they wanted to take turbo um who is on survivor turkey or ct who they've like known and competed with for decades and they picked turbo oh, yeah. so they made ct is on team uk <laughs> yeah yeah, the snail. <laughs> beep beep. I'm Turbo. Out of my way. You know the snail. The I, racing I, I agree, and I'm. I've only listened to this one. <laughs> <laughs> it's already been too much today. So if it's happened any other time, it's way too much. Anytime time the word Turbo is brought up. It's brought up a lot of this kind of context where I'm just like, are you talking about that stupid snail? I'm trying to think if it's ever been because I was talking about the challenge. The challenge that. It is. Oh my God! Good people like things that they're good at, yeah. which is hand biking over an ocean or like um, paddle boarding races. And well, and just the social game—you don't get that in the Olympics like you do in the challenge. I wish there was more. Like we can vote one person off the other teams. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I really need to spice it up in Tokyo this coming year. It's like you get to vote who needs to leave. The yeah, team. it's a three-person relay, but you pick one person from each team. <laughs> You is, you get to choose from the other swim team uh, who who's going to participate. <laughs> Horrible and also very good. Um, okay, so then the fourth book. That's when we get the crystal shard. Yeah, that's nice and down. And I'm in the book I'm reading now. Uh, the Ghost King in trans- book Transitions, book three, which has got to be book like 15 or something crazy like that, is uh, the Crystal Shard is back. <laughs> okay. The Crystal Shard is a sentient artifact that's like uh, can like work with people to do wild things and like, but it corrupts people and easily corrupted people. Like the only person who have ever held uh, Crunch Shinnabon, uh, the Crystal Shard, and not been affected by it is Drizzt. I like that. I like the idea of there being like an artifact or something that's so powerful and then it corrupts whoever's holding on to it. Yeah, it's that's like, a good idea. And it like does things like you get it, when like a shitty wizard gets it, it gives it the images of like what to do with the help of Crunch Shinnabon. It's like we can convince these 20 orcs to join your party. Like he sees the images of him and the orcs triumphing and then it can build castles wow. and then the castles make it even stronger. But the people who wield it are like, I need a bigger castle, and they don't realize they're giving Crunch Shinnabon more power. It's very fun. It sounds like Minecraft powers, kind of. <laughs> it you does. just build stuff. 
It's like Fortnite. <laughs> is this part of why you think maybe Dritz is kind of, would you call him iconic in D&D fantasy novels? Like, if people he... read fantasy novels, I think they often know who Drizzt is. Okay. Yeah. But I don't know how iconic he is. I don't know how anyone who's as much, uh, like I miss, I mentioned Drizzt Dorden earlier today and someone was like, oh, Forgotten Realms. And, but often people don't know what I'm talking about. But when I talk fantasy, often people don't know what I'm talking about. But then every once in a while, like people, it's like kind of binary with reading fantasy. Not a lot of people are like, oh yeah, no, I read the, um, you know, the, uh, arc, the Stormlight archives, but nothing else. You've either read like 60 to 80 fantasy novels or zero. Gotcha. That's what I often think of. Like, but some people, like there's so much shit out there. So I don't think anyone's read just like Drizzt penetrated popular culture, like Hunger Games or Harry Potter. I mean, obviously not as much. But I would love if they made a fucking movie or a TV series. Ooh, so. Who okay. would you... Oh. Yeah. oh, no, I think we're going to ask the same thing. Oh, for sure. Do One, two, two three. three. Who, Who would you cast? <laughs> oh, God. I almost said fuck just because I knew you were going to say cast. <laughs> Who would you fuck if they were playing Drifts? And also, who would you cast? So. Oh, so who would I fuck? I mean, it would be awesome to be Michael B. Jordan, but I don't know if that's the right guy. I think the person might be maybe needs to be a little older. Okay. Um, maybe um oh fuck, I wish I knew his Oh, Michael K. Williams. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah, yeah. I like him. Yeah. And, and he's kinda like capable of being scary, but yeah. you also know he's like a Slightly sweetie. More grizzled, yeah, yeah. Maybe? Okay. And with a uh, purple prosthetic, right? Yeah, but it's th- that's the other thing too is that it's kind of weird because Drizzt has got like purple skin, long white hair, and co- like it's like literally it could be played by anyone, and yeah. it's going to be motion captured it's or something. Andy fucking circus, isn't it? <laughs> Ugh, I hate that shit. <laughs> uh, the other cool thing Drizzt has that we haven't spoken about yet is he has a uh, an onyx panther statuette that oh. summons. Guinevar, his astral plane uh, panther, which is twice the size of a normal panther. So like a Patronus. Yeah, it is like a Patronus, but like it uh, is fully uh, corporeal when it comes, but it doesn't die. Well, how she it, doesn't die. She gets sent back to the astral plane to uh, recharge. So he has to carry this statuette everywhere? Yeah, he carries this little statuette and he puts oh, it Oh, so down. it's more like a figurine. It's a figurine, yeah. Okay. And then he's like, yeah, it's like a huge <laughs> like, library bust. The lawn gnome. <laughs> Yeah, it's got like the blowing the arms around like outside a used car dealership. <laughs> She's like, "Come to me, my friend." <laughs> um, would you think? Would you think Dritz is like in your top five fantasy characters? Like, who else? If sort of, you know, if he's if Ooh. he's numero uno. Who else yeah, he's probably n- numero uno. Um, there's a character in these books called Thibble Dwarf Pent, Thibble Dwarf Pwent, who is a battle rager, which is like this type of dwarf that fights with their body not with any weapons their armor is like all kind of sharp and lays over itself and oh, they're sick bro and they're just <laughs> and they're just freaks who fight by like diving onto bad guys and then like shaking oh, yeah. and then shaking their bodies yeah he has a big uh a uh, big uh like point on his helmet and on his gauntlets uh, and he just punches and headbutts. And like in every book, at some point, he spears like a kobold and comes running in and is like, we have to get out of here. And they like mention that the wriggling body is still on his head. <laughs> <laughs> and they drink this stuff called Gut Buster. And it's like the strongest alcohol possible. But since the Gut Buster Brigade, these Thibble Dwarf plant, like the Battle Rangers, are monsters. Like they're just... Uh, like indestructible tolerances like that's their thing is that they're just they keep their armor dirty and they're nasty and they sleep in it and shit and it's just a fun little pov i'm into this yeah this, this guy's my guy 
Yeah, he's pretty. He's pretty fun, and everyone hates him because because they're they're grossed out by him. But like everyone knows, he's very loyal to the king, and he's very capable in battle. But everyone is always grossed out by him because he's like blowing snot. He's always like bleeding and doesn't care. (laughs) Sorry, but he could put. He could like have a nice shish kebab on his. Yeah, he can have a couple of peppers. Yeah, cedar salmon up there. Maybe a mushroom, Mm -hmm. a whole mushroom. (laughs) Just thought. A spit going? Yeah. Like fucking Zanku. <laughs> Kenny, come on. <laughs> um, all these books have like done really well on the New York Times bestseller list. They have. Uh, like Two Swords, apparently. That one was, ended up at number four. That was the highest it got. That's a great book. It was also at the top of the Wall Street Journal hardcover bestseller list after only two weeks. Wow, WSJ. I know. I was... I don't know why it surprised me because when I have friends that are authors and stuff and they'll be like, hey, look, my, my book is on like the YA NYT bestseller list. And I'll be like, amazing. And then I will look because the, the link that they're sending out is all the different bestsellers. And then inevitably it's always like book you've heard of, book you've heard, like books that's remained on the bestseller list for like two years. Yeah, you're like, oh, then, the Goldfinch. Yeah. <laughs> and then six fantasy, obvious fantasy novels that I've never heard of. So yeah. I don't know why it surprised me, but I think it was- and like uh, like those uh, beach reads, like yes. yeah, it's always yeah, like to go yeah. <laughs> uh, is that a beach read? Yeah, it's. A oh, read. I liked it. Okay, I, I didn't know it was a yeah. I didn't. I don't know anything about it, me but either. it just didn't seem like it was a beach read. I was thinking like in the James Pattersons and Robert Ludlums. And I was thinking like, Sue yeah, Grafton's uh, yeah, yeah, A is for Alibi, Cozy Mysteries. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I loved all that shit growing up. Uh, yeah. So like, do you, what do you think makes people? What do you think propels these things to the best? Oh, it's like, is it just that like? This sounds so shitty, but you like. Uh, the nerds are the only ones reading because I don't think that's entirely true. But I, also- I think that might be a part of it because fandom is fandom. You know yes. what I mean? And like, if you were a diehard, you know, Los Angeles Dodgers fan, and a Dodgers book came out, you'd probably buy it. Yeah. So like, if you're a hardcore thing that happens to have a fandom of something that happens to have books as part of it, it's easy to like never give that up. Like I now realize I'm still giving money to R. A. Salvatore, and I have been since I was like 11. We're talking 26 years of like giving money to a man. That's what says Lawyer's Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> no one's ever said anything that nice about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, because I was thinking, like, uh, as far as, fa- like, like you were saying, like, Game of Thrones and Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings were, seem to be, like, the not Holy tr- Trinity, but, like, the the big names in fantasy. Yeah, the so, ones that, like, penetrated pop culture outside mm-hmm. of fantasy fans. Right, yes. and then everything else is, like, these are for... Then you, like, there's probably some thin layer of like. But oh, even Game like- of Thrones, even Game of Thrones, the HBO show blew past uh, a Song of Ice and Fire, the book series. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, but Harry Potter was a phenomenal book hit. Like, yeah. uh, a Song of Ice and Fire was bestsellers, but like in this fantasy way where not everyone knew. Yeah, like Harry Potter legit got like a generation to get on board with books. Yeah, yeah. I was like one out of five people I knew, and these were f- the four other people were big nerds who had read a Song of Ice and Fire books before Game of Thrones, the show, came out. Right. Okay. You know, I was like on book three or four before season one came out, and only a handful of other people I knew. Because like, it, that was like lesser known fantasy I guess and then I find like there's fantasy that's like entry level fantasy where it's like it's not so fantasy it's just good storytelling and it happens to have swords and shit in it and then there's stuff like I think Drizzt Dord and stuff is like even though the craziest thing about listening to the these books and listening to them being like 
these are kind of boring and kind of simple. And then I remember it's like, oh yeah, I read these when I was twelve, yeah. and I understood them. <laughs> and now I may have arguably improved my, you know, emote EQ and IQ in the last twenty five years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so like, it's like listening to the books again. I'm like, oh, I'm old now. I'm like, I'm a man now. Right. Uh, yeah, I'm like a writer and a reader. I've read a lot of other books now. So consumed it's like, a lot of other media. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, and you just know way yeah. more. And I'm I like, create things for a living. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting a little ahead of that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm like, oh, let me guess. That's the invisible guy from (laughs) earlier that made that thing move. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, that's part of been been part of the fun is that uh, listening to the audiobook of something you've read before that is arguably a little simple is a great passive activity. It's great for driving. It's great for working out. Cause you can great. jump in, jump out. Yeah, It's great for dishes. It's not like, and you're, and like, you don't have to be like, I should finish this chapter. Yeah. And it's sort of just like, no, I could just, I should up. try that. Cause I don't like listening to music when I run. Cause then I just keep skipping songs. I just can't get a song I want. Right. I'm always like, well, maybe the next song. It's better. like trying to pick out a play. Yeah, I have a playlist. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. You're like, this is not the one. Yeah. But maybe I'll come to this later. Yes, <laughs> maybe. Leave the tab open. What else is available? We'll see. Keep digging. <laughs> Mono had a show at UCB once, and I don't really remember the full... I just remember that the 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 like moral at the end of the sketch was just jerk off. And like that was everybody in the sketch was like, just jerk off, just jerk off, just jerk off. <laughs> and that's that's something that I would like to leave with America is like, just jerk off already. Yeah, just, just do it. Skip, jerk off, you get will, back to your afternoon. You will feel so much better. This is it's the second better. time we've we've talked about how we just wish we would have jerked off. <laughs> in this podcast, uh, second time on this episode, not, not even today. It's like my fifth. <laughs> <sister. laughs> of being like, ugh, I don't want to think about having to choose porn. Yes. This has also come up a bunch. This is a callback. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm a big time listener. <laughs> <laughs> Someone has to. Yeah. Someone at this table should. Yeah. Deserved. Um, so Drift has shown up in a bunch of graphic novels and video games. Yes, he's in the Baldur's Gate video game. He's in a few others, but like he hasn't had an official game. He's had some. Uh, I've bought some Driz graphic novels that have been fun, but uh, it's not. It's not the same. Like okay. for some reason, it's like a lot of D and D is about reading. So like you can like I pictured him a certain way in my. There was a a great moment in my high school when I was like a sophomore. And this senior who's like a dork who no no one knew. I didn't even know who he was, but I just knew he was like – he looked like a dork. And then on like Halloween, he walked down the hallway with his face painted. So slight <laughs> issues. This was the 90s. And uh, um, with two swords and, and a white wig on, I go, are you Tris Doherton? And he turned to me and he went, yes. <laughs> and I was like, yes. But then I had that thing and this is the thing that drives me crazy. I no longer have it, but I had it as a young boy where I was like, well, this guy's a fucking loser, you know, like and walked away and I'm like, no way I can like this thing, mm-hmm. you know, and I like kind of ruined it for me that is such a dorky guy. But in hindsight, I wish I would have been like, dude, this yeah. is so fucking cool. We probably should be friends. I wish you would have. Yeah. That's a disappointing Sorry, story. Sorry. <laughs> Steve's just mad because I ignored him. Yeah, it's it's him just, in the story. It's just no. <laughs> that story didn't have a happy. That's not a heartwarming story. Sorry. None of them are, baby. I see we're still holding grudges. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's totally. I, I totally get that because there's so many moments when I was 
like a kid or in high school where like this, a similar thing of just looking at what somebody is into that you're also into and instead of having the wherewithal to just be like hey we let's hang let's get past yeah, whatever like, dumb social hierarchies have been built up yeah you're like it. trying to get your friends into what you're into despite other people are into yeah like, like trying to get my cool friends to play D because i didn't want to hang out with my D friends was just like what am i doing mm. <laughs> yeah. but that also in a way where you didn't seem like you were too into D because yeah, like, you couldn't fine, show you your hand too much yeah yeah, yeah no it's just a dumb thing you're yeah. right you want to get a coffee cool yeah. out of it? <laughs> throw it out throw it out in the garbage i'm not going to play this game i don't need it it's fine piss on it throw it out in front of me i don't care set it on fire and then put it out with your piss i don't care <laughs> won't bother me Tr- watch me yeah, yeah. i'll on. do it look at me i'm doing it come, look at me. come on it i'm coming <laughs> on it hold on it's good hold on. give me a minute hold on hold on think of something okay have to remind yourself to just think of something <laughs> oh uh, come on think of something <laughs> why can't i try? i can't think of anything I can't think of anything. <laughs> Just think. All I can think about is how I gotta go grocery uh, shopping after this. What goes on a woman? <laughs> Boobs. Come on. Boulder. Boulders. Oh, maybe I'm having a hard time because I'm trying to do this while my friends are watching me and I stand over a board game. Guys, where'd you go? Well, the fire is still going. <laughs> Nadia, go in the pool. <laughs> This comic Unit E, which was produced by Hasbro, because and this is what I took note of. It is it was a potential concept for crossing over many of the franchises that Hasbro owned. So Dritz is in a splash page among other Hasbro-owned characters, including characters from G.I. Joe, Transformers, Gem and the Holograms, Action Man. Battleship Galaxies, and even Candyland. Oh, ooh. Mm. Fucking cares. <laughs> well, I think there are, I mean, I think there already is like a prince or a princess in Candyland that has purple skin and white hair. Yes, perfect. Driz can fuck her. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. You mentioned Candy. <laughs> get in the pool. <laughs> Stop jerking off and get in the pool. So into the like what is the gateway because i'm wondering if like is it reading or is it by playing a campaign and then getting involved in the books because i'm playing these characters i think at this point you want to read the books i think that's going to be easy that's going to be less work in than trying to learn and play D D. but i think playing dungeons and dragons would be more fun with your time than reading these fantasy novels. But if you wanted to get into this character, I think you would have to kind of read the novels. That's really interesting because I thought you were going to say like, oh, you should play a couple campaigns because then you're like living with them for a certain amount of time. Yeah, but it's like, but it is really just the world. Like, it's not like if you're playing D&D, someone's like, and you encounter Driz. Like you could, but mostly it's people just making it up and you're like, I mean, the thing that was fun when you started reading these fantasy novels were that people were making, like a creative writer was making the choices rather than your 13-year-old meathead friend. So, but I think, and I think also based on uh, what you've been talking about is that you were a voracious... I like Harry Harry Potter and I came to the conclusion I like it because it's about uh, teenagers and their problems. Yeah. And I love that shit. I will will absolutely get into a CW show or something that's like over the top and I'm just like, everything's dramatic. I understand this. I liked Harry Potter because it was like super light fantasy, you know? Mm -hmm. I even liked Hunger Games because it was super light 
sci-fi you know yeah. i was like reading real like harder not i shouldn't say real but harder core like hardcore sci-fi and hardcore fantasy then you read these like light fantasy and you're like oh this is fun and also if this gets thousands of kids into wanting to be wizards that's like very cool too because yeah. <laughs> that worked for me except it was elminster the sage or robillard captain dudermont's trusty wizard sidekick on the pirate hunting ship the sea sprite the specifics are so much fun to just spew at people <laughs> randomly like they I, I did feel spewed at yeah <laughs> I'm gonna spew <laughs> quick get in the pool um, you said there's a trilogy called Baldur's Gate Baldur's Gate or is a game or there was a game called Baldur's, Baldur's Gate because there's a I is there is that I'm I took a mythology class in college and we studied Nordic mythology and there was a uh a god called Baldur is that Ooh, B-A-L-D-U-R yeah I was wondering oh I'm sure it's like from that because he yeah. was very well regarded and everybody loved him but then one of Loki's evil creations played by Kate Blanchett and Thor Ragnarok. Um, she takes him to hell. She like tricks all the gods into getting him to be killed and taken to hell. Yeah. So I was wondering if that was related to I'm sure Baldur. it's like an homage to that. Interesting. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Cool. And yes, that's right. Nordic mythology. Wow. That's interesting. Wow. Nordic, mytho- <laughs> Nordic mythology from the six foot three white blonde guy. <laughs> I'm no just, way. <laughs> I'm glad I finally have a platform. <laughs> Which one is your favorite book? Ooh, that's a tough choice. And uh, on the re-listens through, I, I don't even know if I can remember which one was which. Whichever the one is where the drow, the drow come back and attack Mithril Hall, which is possibly Starless Night or so, one, of, one of the ones in that series. That is really fun. It features the... Um, what are their names? The uh, family of wizards that live at Long Saddle. The Harples. The Harples are like a family of like weird wizards and they join and help the fight, but they like do things in a weird, like a guy accidentally crossed a horse and a frog and he rides like this giant frog that leaps around. Like, and one guy accidentally, uh, in trying to, uh, like learn more about werewolves turned himself into a were dog and he just like lives as like a basset hound but he's a wizard and they like show up and like it's a really like it's one of the more comical kind of setups of these characters at long saddle they he works on a new spell where he can try to see in other rooms one of the big wizards harkle harpel and he he sends, he tries to go see what's going on in Mithril Hall and he accidentally, cause he's, he's such like a chaotic magician, he sent his, just his eyeballs, like floating eyeballs. So he's like at home <laughs> thinking he's seeing, oh wow, it's mystical and people are all scared. And then he, people come into his room and realize he has no eyes. He accidentally teleported just his eyeballs. Harko. What was his name? Harkle Harpel. Harkle. Harkle. Harpel. Harkle. Harpel. <laughs> it sounds like the mean girl on a Disney Channel show. Harko Harpel. <laughs> Yeah, what about you? No. Too bad, bye. What'd you get for being six foot three? Mean. Um, Mean uh, boys. Harko Harpel sounds like a character that I would write for myself now that I think about it. Hi, I'm Harko Harpel. This is my Airbnb. (laughs) Don't touch anything. Notice all the art on the wall. It's expensive. This one's $50. This one's $70. Where are you going? I'm not done showing you my art. That's Harko Harpel. Not some wizard. Trust me. You know who else does the eyeball thing? Mother Audra in the Dark Crystal. Oh. oh. I only watched the first episode. She does it in the movie, I think. My, so. 
my wife's like a big dark crystal head and then we watched the first episode and it is fun fantasy it's just confusing when they're puppets it's hard to tell who, who's who yes and, and with complicated names and puppets, yeah. where it's like when you watch like uh, Game of Thrones, you can even just be like big redheaded guy, big yeah. redheaded girl, Blonde, you know. Yeah. Looks like he'd be called the Hound, right? <laughs> Dog face me. Yeah. The one that looks like Steve. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had to play him in a quick and funny musical. Not Bri- had to, got to. Brienne of Tarth. No. <laughs> I don't get it because I only know Joffrey. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's more likely. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you could play Joffrey yeah. for sure in a sketch. I do like a scowl. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there you it got is. it. There it is. Can you, so shoot, if can you, you play- shoot a sex worker with a crossbow? <laughs> Again. Again. Thank you so much for coming on. Why do you know that? Thanks for having me, Nadia and Steve. This was a real pleasure. Yeah. Yeah, sure. You can check out my podcast, High and Mighty, which just conversations with different people about things we have in common. Literally the laziest podcast you can ever have. People come to my house and talk to me about... Oh, no. We're top- so inventive. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, it's it's very similar, except if I don't know anything about the thing the person's coming on, I'm like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't want to do any research. Um, and then also my podcast, Action Boys, which is behind the paywall on Patreon, but I think it's worth it. There you are. Uh, it's me, Ben Rogers, and Ryan Stanger. Talk for longer than the length of classic action movies about the specific classic action movie. Amazing. Uh, Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Goodbye. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, tell everyone you know every way you know how. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review, and be sure to go back and listen to our older episodes if you missed them. We talked about some weird stuff. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at Why Do You Know That Pod or on Twitter at Why Do You Know Pod. They're different. And if you've got questions, comments, concerns, whatever, be sure to email us at Why Do You Know That Pod at gmail.com. Let's do this again sometime. Uh-huh.